yes, and welcome back to, well, what is the final episode of this series? Not not forever, even though some of you might be gleeful that, that we're, we're finishing. Mm. Uh, but no, Stop writing this letters, you lot, as well. <laughs> yeah, to tell us how bad we are. Um, the, it's been uh, ne- nearly half a year since we uh, kicked this all off again, and uh, we need a little bit of a break, guys, um, so I do apologise, but... Uh, we will be back uh, very, very soon. This week, this last week, uh, has been a bit of a surprising uh, good news event. A lot of it environmental, so we've had to try and take some of the environmental stuff out because we don't want to always hear about trees. Uh, but <laughs> the uh, it, it's, it's still, there's just so much to, to go on. And I'm going to miss telling you guys every single week about uh, the news that has been coming through. However... What we should do is kick off with the fact that you can turn your next week's no news <laughs> into still a daily dose of good news by following us on Instagram. And that's at that's news to me pod. Uh, it's still still be interactive, we'll still be posting stuff on there. Um, and so you guys can still get all your lovely stuff there. And then in that meantime, whilst we're away, guess what? We're going to work on some funky stuff for you to make the pod even better. Uh, I don't think the format's going to change, is it, Buster? I think it's going to, it's going to stay the same, but we've got some stuff in the pipeline just to... It's all going to be in um, Jazz in binary. it up a little bit. Yeah. And all things are going to be in binary, so the format's <laughs> going to completely change. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're going to try and jazz up the podcast a little bit, which you guys hopefully uh, would enjoy. Um, and I've already said hello to him, so uh, for the final episodes this series Buster how are you I'm very well I've uh, been preparing sort of sort of sadly really for this last episode of the series but uh, I've got a, I've got a good story for you later I think just to sort of bring us to the end for this for this series okay it's got some callbacks mm-hmm. I think it'd be good but and, that's uh... that's all I've been doing yeah, and we and we've been lucky enough. We've been able to. You have a massive, massive balcony, so we've been able to hang out a little bit more. And so yeah, that's, that's been quite fun. That massive balcony is uh, an actual tornado today, and I had to weigh down some Jesus. of the things out there. I was woken up this morning to the sound of furniture sliding across it. <laughs> so, the last just... thing I want is for like a sun lounger to fly off there and kill someone. Kill somebody. Would, would it be would it be murder by sunbed? It was the least relaxing thing you can do with a sun lounger, I think. Get killed by it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That is That's not what it was designed for. It was designed for recreation, not annihilation. Yeah. But what I think we should do now is uh, get on get on top of the good news and start spreading the joy. Yeah, let's hit it. What do you think? I'm well on board with that. I could do with a bit of good news. I haven't had any good news since last week. Wow. Aside from obviously all the good news that we read right before we went on out here, so yeah, and the fact that I, oh, well, I started working this week, but yeah, it's all right, it's all right. Yeah, you just you, you stick in your kind of macro good news world, <laughs> and let's not look after the little guy. I say little, I'm six foot four. <laughs> yeah, so it's sick. Yeah. <laughs> Never would describe you as a little guy. <laughs> no, let's do Wrong it. on both counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first bit of good news this week is that their England will have soon its first ever IVF clinic uh, that is non-for-profit and normally usually uh, you'd either have a free NHS um, or you have to pay loads and loads of money for IVF treatment and there is a massive kind of postcode lottery slash like kind of devastating gaps between same-sex marriage couples uh, and single women and on the other side of things, the um, uh, opposite sex couples. Opposite sex couples? Is that all, all we're saying? Yeah, opposite sex couples. I think that works. And uh, there's a huge gap because, you know, um, uh, a lot of people can't then afford the, the treatment. So for a company to be able to go, do a non-for-profit and separate charity to um, really reduce those costs is amazing. And hopefully a lot of people can have that fulfillment in the future and actually have, be able to raise a child without you know, either finding more money or finding a, a husband because you know, both can be difficult. You know? 
they can be. And yeah. should, they definitely shouldn't be necessary to get IVF. I, I know yeah. some people who've gone through IVF and it is uh, psychologically taxing and hered- hideously expensive once you've done the, you know, the, the free one or two yeah. that you get from the NHS. So. And there's also like a big problem because if you're under the age of 40, you should have been offered like three cycles. But if you're mm-hmm. right near the end of the top end of 40, if you go over the 40, you can only have one or two. So it's, it's quite a difficult one um, when it comes to the NHS. They've, they're very strict on what is allowed and then... The other, com- the other companies are allowing it, but it costs loads of money. So uh, th- to, for this to, to be going on and, and for a charity to be setting up to help people, especially now in this technological age where we can uh, you know, inseminate people, then we should definitely do it. Yeah, you know? and you know, spending money on private IVF that is ultimately unsuccessful is the dictionary definition of spunking money up the wall. So <laughs> it's, good that, uh, it's good that there's some available... Uh, and a not-for-profit rate because it'll be considerably cheaper, I think. Perfect segue from um, not-for-profits and homeless. So there's a not-for-profit in Las Vegas called Vegas Stronger, which is taking a, a un- well a new and unique approach to helping end homelessness in the city of Las Vegas. So what they're doing is going around to local businesses and residential areas which have lots of rough sleepers and homeless people and telling them to call this not-for-profit Vegas Stronger first so that they can go and take this person off the street, get them food, uh, shower, temporary accommodation, and then get psychological evaluation or, or health assessments, everything that they need to make sure they've got ID, and even help them try and find a job and permanent housing. And they don't leave the facility and care of Vegas Stronger until they're, you know, Obviously, they could discharge themselves, but the idea is that they stay until they are helped to get back onto the you know the rungs of society instead of just being ignored or constantly incarcerated and moved around as, as often happens when the police are called instead because the police are only equipped really to deal with crime, not social issues. So it's a really, really good approach and they're already seeing benefits. There's people who have successfully moved out of these um, sort of... Uh, shelter accommodation and into permanent housing so it's it's so far proving to be very successful hopefully uh, a template for other cities as well so it's one of those places where you really are like you know the top end or the bottom end aren't you you're not really in the middle uh, in, in places like vegas new york london like it's, it's yeah you know yeah vast conspicuous wealth next to desperate poverty yeah it's it's a strange strange world so I'm happy that they're, they're, they're getting the help that they need. Yeah. Talking about help that they need, um, maybe they don't need it, but there is, uh, you, you, know, you know I love to shoehorn football into any conversation that I possibly yep. can can have. In, in Cape Verde, they've set up an all-female uh, sports uh, kind of programme that has uh, basically promotes social and sports inclusion in a place where women are, are normally not as uh, higher up the kind of you know, food chain and income chain than men. The approach is to empower girls from lower income families to kind of make their dreams come true. So it's not just about the football itself and if obviously they go in and make professionals of themselves they go and money from it that would be amazing but it's about giving them a purpose and giving them the ability to go actually you know what I can do this I can get out there and try something that I haven't tried in a while to give them then the skills the social skills and the other means to be able to then take those practices and, and move those into a kind of a, a working situation or, or any other kind of situation to kind of you know, break down the barriers um of, of, of the class system that, that's going on in, in places like Cape Verde. So I love the fact that sports can actually do that, that kind of grassroots sports and stuff like that. It's mm. I, I love it. So it's, uh, it's something that's really close to me and I thought I'd bring it up today because I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah, it's what uh, sports um, are kind of supposed to be for, aren't they? It's a social yeah. thing, first yeah. and foremost, a team sport. That's yeah. fantastic. So I've got, uh, this is, I guess, technically a sport. Have you ever heard of magnet fishing before? <laughs> now, it's not fishing for magnets. 
That's ah. using magnets to fish, but not to catch all, all, fish. <laughs> all I know is I need to stay away from that, otherwise I will die. Yeah, yeah, so it, would, just, it would fuck your pacemaker fuck right up. up yeah. Right up, so keep me away from that sport, or whatever yeah. it is. We all stick to fly fishing, or yeah. fly tipping, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, or fly pissing, sometimes. <laughs> you just want to piss on a fly. Just oh, I thought you meant using the flies of your trousers. Okay, fine. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, magnet fishing uh, is to go and collect scrap metal waste, all sorts of shit from canals and waterways using powerful magnets. Um, and it's been going on in... Uh, there was a big event going on recently in Clydebank in, uh, in Glasgow. And they've pulled all sorts of shit out of the canals, you know, which is great for the... You know, community to clean up their public spaces, but they found all sorts of like disposed of weapons and things like that that you know could help solve crimes and all sorts of mad shit's been pulling out of here. And uh, they've also been doing that near me here in East London Bow. I was uh, running along the towpath of the canal recently, and it was just covered in like rusty old scrap metal that had been pulled out. And I did see some people with magnets on the end of strings that they were hurling into the Three canal. Four pulling them out and dragging all this all this shit with them. So it's a very interesting uh, way of litter picking, basically. That's but really the societies that go around doing this, um, all volunteers picking up junk from our public waterways. That is wicked. I yeah, it's that. great, isn't it? Uh, the next bit of good news, EAS. Um, at Barcelona, Spain have really gone, like, really socialist and left haven't they like i think we've really brought up their kind of like left-wing policies over the past few months it's been a bit mental um but barcelona have been you know the second kind of major city in the world to um in put in place solar walkways and so essentially this these kind of slabs um sticky slabs that you know, non-slip through Slippy, non-slippy slabs. <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to go for. Non-slippy, non-slippy non slabs. slabs. Yeah. Non-slippy slabs. Slippy um, slabbies. Slippy slabbies, but they're not slippy slabbies. They're non-slippy slabbies. Yeah. And um, to uh, generate electricity, and they want to. Basically, this is kind of a, a test uh, program. Um, it's about 50 square meters in a local park. The city uh, of Barcelona has uh, put in around about 30,000 euros, which sadly is 26,000 uh, <laughs> pounds. That is how weak the pound is right now. That's a different topic of conversation. Um, to, to help the manufacturer to be able to put this scheme in and, and assess it over the next six months, uh, trying to show that actually this is probably the best way to be able to get to their target of being carbon neutral by 2050. Now, they have concerns because um, just like anything, right, if you're creating something, something can come out the other end. So is it more environmentally beneficial to make these soda slabs, put them on the ground and see how much they can generate over the next six months than it would be to carry on burning fuel in other ways. They are one of the biggest people that's moving forward with billions of pounds worth of hydrogen as well now, which, which basically just creates water. Um, but there is concerns, especially when you build energy products like this, that it, there still can be carbon that comes out of the other end but is it good in the mm -hmm. long term um, yeah. they are ranked 11th in the world for solar power an eighth for renewables overall uh, so really pushing it wow. and they have realized that if every rooftop was covered by one meter of solar panels it over the next five years it could generate electricity for 7.5 million people and create over 15,000 jobs and cut CO2 emissions by 4.2 million tonnes so it is incredible but they need wow. to try and prove that this is worth it so you can then start spending the money and uh, I said second because actually Utrecht in in Holland they installed a 25 metre stretch of solar cycle lanes so they basically followed that scheme. And so they're, they're really pushing environmentally um, and ecologically to try and not only reduce the amount of carbon emissions, but also generate jobs, uh, which is also mm. really, really important. Um, a lot of people say like taking away the 
the gas and oil industry is going to ravish jobs. No, it's not, because actually there's more people now today being employed in the USA for renewables than there are in gas and oil. So they, they, mm. they're, 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 their jobs could easily be transferred uh, over. So uh, it's, it's a big job and it's a, there's a long way to go. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great news. I mean, it's difficult to overstate how fucking catastrophic it will be if we don't keep global average temperatures below the two degree warming that we're almost definitely going to get now which is already going to be a shit show if we don't <laughs> act quickly enough you know if we you know the, some of the worst case scenarios by the um what they call the ipcc um or whatever they are for, to do the mathematical modeling on global climates if we get to a four degree rise that will be seriously bad news and potentially like feedback loops that could destroy like life as we know it on this planet didn't so. they didn't they come up with like a, a hexagon solar panel which is shows that it and hexagons are really like structurally quite stable so like the slabs wouldn't come off very very easily and couldn't be destroyed very easily a lot on like massive roadways and they found a way of having that gathered energy and then because you're driving on it can also transfer the energy from the slabs oh, yeah, into the car I've seen some of those yeah they wait that, pressing where, them yeah where's that <laughs> where is yeah. it yeah a lot of this stuff on? is too expensive isn't it that's the problem for the benefit you get from it wow so basically they're saying that money is worth more than people's lives oh yeah no that is that is a <laughs> yeah, policy of kind people of like the whole thing isn't it yeah the next bit of good news is Another football story, guys. Um, <laughs> oh, here the, he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Premier League have put in new rules committing all football clubs inside the Premier League to a core principles so that then if the top six or any other team like what they tried to do with the ESL wanted to break away again, then there would they would be punished with significant sanctions. Um, I don't know what that means and compared to what the sanctions will be this time around for what they did a few weeks ago to try and ruin football, um, which obviously has meant a lot to people around the UK with all the protests that have been going on, people trying to get into football grounds. This does mean a lot to a lot of people um, and some communities are built on, on that kind of football love. So um, hopefully this will stop them from... Uh, doing anything like this ever again and uh, but they have still asked for the government to get involved uh, to make sure that it can never ever ever happen because basically these core principles will only set them back money rather than make it illegal for them to do so so yeah good little bit of news about football hopefully not being ruined by <laughs> greedy assholes. Yeah, I mean, I don't even really follow football much, you know, and I remember thinking when I saw that news story, like, that's a shit thing to do. So I'm glad that's not happening and they're going to try and stop something like that happening again. And hopefully they actually do punish them for what they did two weeks ago rather than be like, oh, let's not do it again, guys. Is that all right? I hope they actually do. They're still like, yeah, you're going to get fucking done in for this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but we'll see. Like, it's, it's just it's just like basically rich people just getting away with shit, isn't it? Yeah. That's basically. I was really hoping, though, that people's realisation about the ESL and its reflections in wider society about the money grab of large organisations at the expense of people and their happiness and the you know and increasing inequality would like start some sort of enlightened revolution. Yeah. People would realise like, yeah, fuck, Amazon didn't pay any corporation tax in the UK last year. That's shit. That's loads. Amazon, the company, paid less tax than me. That's fucked up. But now people just was like, no. oh, great, football's fixed. No, now that's done. End of the <laughs> yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it may still happen. Also, don't worry about those football clubs. They still get to share £4.2 billion between 20 teams. So don't don't worry about them. They've, oh, they've yeah. still got a lot of money coming in. Don't it's shed not... a tear for those fuckers, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so let's get on with Buster's story time because for the last time, this first half of the year, he's going to tell us a lovely little story about something that's probably not lovely someone's probably going to have died someone's probably going to have like something's going to have come out some orifice or something disgusting's going to happen or some person is out there to seek revenge and going out and killing loads of people and normally it's like women bludgeoning people's head to death without even tying them down 
that kind of stuff, or setting pigeons alight to go and murder a whole city. There's been some really, really good ones. So There's been some great things. Is it going to be? Is it going to be nice? It's not going to be nice. I, I think we've all agreed that the, none of these stories have turned out to be like, you know, skipping around the rosy pocket full of posy. Is that what it is? Yeah, but that's um, about the Black Death, that song, isn't it? So Oh, see, everything's just marred with horribleness, isn't yeah. it? But we've moved away from the good news. Let's get on with some disgusting shit, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. As, as, balance as, everything out. Exactly. We've been too nice. We'd be too nice the first half. We've got to come out with something to ruin your day. There we go. <laughs> and as Odin points out <laughs> from Producer's Corner, the stories may be horrible, but the journey through them is lovely you know enjoy what? enjoy the like, feeling what? like that parasite moving through him that, exactly. that was not uh, nice imagine at it all. swimming down to his balls and making his <laughs> semen brown you know that's a callback to an earlier episode folks if you haven't heard the one about um the scientist who decided to test out parasitic worms on himself who's now a fan favorite of ours real big um, one but uh yeah let, well, let, let's just get on with so, this story too, too much anticipation let's right. just do it so, get yourself a, a comfy seat. Um, maybe get yourself a bowl of food to eat while you enjoy the story. Please don't do that, actually. This is a, a story best enjoyed on an empty stomach. Um, what I thought we could do is start a story in reference to something we talked about last week. In last week's episode, we were talking about shit superheroes. And you told me about a superhero that I thought was completely pointless called Matter Eater. Matter Eater, um, yeah. Perhaps you could remind us all what Matter Eater did, what his deal was. So Matter Eater grew up on a planet where all the food was pretty much inedible, and so they had to evolve. Crazy, how does that happen? I mean, so they had to evolve to eat anything and everything, and they could consume anything and get like nutrients from it. And um, he was part, I don't know, was he part of the Marvel or DC universe? And most of the pictures of him in the comic books of him like eating railing fences and big bits of metal and stuff like that um completely yeah. pointless because if he's managed to take apart the railing why eat it you know it doesn't need to be eaten <laughs> the eating part of it is super, the only thing that makes him super is completely redundant well but 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 he does need to eat it to stay alive that's true so he's just peckish just having a snack while he's out on the job. <laughs> Especially going after all these super villains. And he's like, I'm hungry. And everyone's like, we're not near a patisserie Valerie right now. He's like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. I can just eat this. I can just eat this. Just going to chew on my stone. X-Men suit or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. Just, just, just eat this pebbles. I'm fine. Oh, well, man, I'm going full now. Incredibly, Callum, it appears that there was a real matter eater. You a shut real the fuck up. person. So the world's hungriest man. I want to tell Amazing. you today about Terrari and a story that I like to call Once You Pop, You Can't Stop. <laughs> Is this about Pringles? <laughs> well, yeah. he would. He's the sort of guy who would eat Pringles and then eat the tube afterwards. <laughs> right. So this guy, he was born uh, near Lyon, France in 1772. And from a very nice. early age, it was obvious that something was unusual about him. He was insatiably hungry. So this baby would cry for food even after just finishing a meal. And by the age of 17, he was locally notorious for eating absolutely anything he could lay his hands on. So he, he would to. like... He yeah, because he was always starving hungry. Yeah, he's evolved. Revolution, revolution around about that point in time, Yes, that's it? right. So, yes, uh, that, everyone that's was all... starving. No, no one had any money. Everything was getting being blown up. There was rubble everywhere. Might as well just go and eat some rubble. You know, and Marie Antoinette was saying, let them eat cake, and he misheard and just ate cack. <laughs> <laughs> but he would he would eat anything. So when he was a kid, he was kind of notorious for going and eating things from the bins. So the butcher would throw offal and waste into the street, you know, and he would just pick it up and munch on it. Um, he even snuck into barns and farms and ate the livestock's food from their troughs. And even sometimes Jeez. livestock. So he would like, I mean... Take a bite out of a cow. He would, well, like a chicken, for example, something like that. He would just go into a into a barn or a chicken coop, pick up a chicken, and then like a fox just tear into it, start actually eating it. Jesus Christ! That's it's like, I I can't even have some chili, otherwise I shit myself. I've got IBS. This man's going out and like eating a live chicken. Yep. I mean, what's the what's the most ridiculous thing that you've ever eaten? And I, I mean, I'm assuming it's way down the scale of raw chicken, live chicken. 
Yeah. That's as free range as it gets. I think I got made to eat a worm when I was younger. Ooh. That wasn't bad at all. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a bit like being in the Lion King, you know, where he eats that kind of like yeah. they, they find all the slugs and stuff. Um then um Yeah, well I've eaten yeah. an ant. They're not too bad. To be honest, mate, you know, I think cannibalism's okay as long as it's done okay. And I've been trying <laughs> to get you, I've been trying to get you to go and eat deep fried bulls balls uh, for the past like two years, and we still haven't gone. So, to be honest, there's nothing really in my head that sounds too disgusting apart from poo. Um, mm. But uh, well, yeah, maybe raw, we could. Raw chicken, raw chicken really does take the the feather it really does take the biscuit doesn't it, it really does mm. go quite far that that's quite horrendous but yeah i mean there, there's so much weird shit to get into with this guy so because he was always so hungry right and he's always eating the weird weird thing about this guy is he was so thin what's about to ask was he fat or not no, no he was really really thin well sort most of the time basically let me just describe the way this guy looks so he was when he's 17 years old weighed only 45 kilos so really thin wow. and of an average height for the time so it wasn't like he was really small particularly he was just thin he had an abnormally wide mouth his mouth like could open so far that it was 10 centimeter gap between his jaws so like jesus christ i measured mine and in fact i've got a tape measure here my mouth uh, opens i can't i don't know how, uh. like four and a half centimeters something like that yeah, I don't think mine can open like 10 cents. That's quite a big. Yeah, that's quite big. That's a big, that's a big old gob. That's a big mouth. That's a big gob. He had uh, horrible brown stained teeth because of all the stupid shit he used to eat. It's a third of a foot. It's a third of a foot. Yeah. That's just a big margin. Imagine sort of a Jabba the Hutt looking dude, right? Right. Um, like facially. Um, he also, <laughs> he, when he hadn't eaten... The skin and his belly would hang so loosely that he could wrap the fold of, of his skin from his abdomen around his waist like a skin belt. What? <laughs> so what? He had this, you know when people lose loads of weight, you see those like documentaries of someone who's lost like, I lost, you know, 100 kilos and now I'm... And they've got all that loose skin. He was a bit like that. Oh, Jesus. But when he was full, his abdomen would distend and like, you know, inflate up with all the stuff in it like a huge balloon. So he was like a space hopper when he'd eaten all of this shit. Oh, so, oh, so the skin was, and then the was skin stretched would... out yeah. because of the amount that he yeah. actually ate. Yeah. And his, and his stomach would get carry on getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then it stretched out and then obviously it's lost its elasticity. Yeah, yeah it's gone all it's floppy uh, and, and it's gone all stretched floppy out. and stuff like that. And he could wrap it like around. Remember, remember the bit in like the Simpsons movie where the, the Neil Brockman, that the, the news presenter and he's like uh, Botox has uh, gone down and then uh, his face just kind of folds into itself it's yeah. saggy he has to like pull it back and like use a oh yeah hair clip to pull uh, his head yeah, skin exactly. back so well, he's kind of like that's this situation he had to kind of like tuck his skin in yeah and he actually had that going with his face as well so Tarari had um, our, our, big, our big eater here he had um, really wrinkled and loose hanging skin on his cheeks too his face cheeks <laughs> and uh wow. he could apparently fit 12 eggs or apples in his mouth at once ha these apples must have been small because... must have been egg-sized apples yeah, to be yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah. honest but they... yeah. <laughs> because it sounds well, loads more be... exciting when yeah. you say <laughs> 12 apples but like 12 that's, eggs that's in your mouth is insane duck. you could get like I reckon you get one or two in your mouth. Yeah. You? Two. Yeah. Hey, maybe you could put like. If if you have boiled ones, so they don't. I think I think I think three. I think I could. Fit yeah, maybe in one in the in your, like in your mouth with the where your tongue is, yeah. and then then one in each cheek. Yeah, I think I think no wait twelve dozen eggs in your fucking mouth. It is crazy. So yeah. like, he's a strange looking dude, right? And to add to all of this as well. Well, apparently. you would do if you were walking around with twelve eggs in your mouth. You'd be yeah. very, very weird. Like you're walking right. around like like some kind of like human squirrel or gerbil, yeah. which is ridiculous. It's it's a it's a striking look, and on top of all that, a apparently, saggy, just saggy gerbil. That's what he looks like. Yeah, saggy, saggy loose skin gerbil. Wearing his stomach like a sarong. <laughs> 
tucked around himself. <laughs> Loads of people just being like doing karate, being like, I'm a, I'm a black belt, I'm a, I'm a yellow belt, what are you? He's like, a, I'm a skin, skin belt. belt yeah. Skin belt. <laughs> <laughs> so he also, on top of this strange look, he also had a few other of the senses um, to assaulting. He apparently was always sweating and emitted a putrid stench so bad that it was impossible to bear being within 20 paces of him. That's, that's even further than the amount of paces that you stay away from your beer when you're in one room. Yeah, the 12-step program. The 12 yeah, step exactly. Program. Yeah. It's further well, away than you stand when you, you duel somebody for shoot in a like shooting duel. You take, <laughs> only take like 10 paces away from each other there. So like, that's 20 in total. So that's like a, a duel distance away before you can smell the guy. So things then, so this is um, where the story changes for our, for our main character here, Tarari. He, um, because of the ruinously expensive food costs his parents were paying to, to keep him alive, uh, despite him like rummaging through the bins all around Leon, he, um, and, and the fact that he stunk, his parents kicked him out of the house and he found himself from a in, distance though they were like yeah. we, you better not be here when we get back we're not going to literally kick you out hosed him out of the house yeah. <laughs> get a fire truck yeah <laughs> so he uh, he decided to move himself to Paris and found himself there um, just a few years before the revolution began but he decided you know, now he's emancipated living away from his parents he had to get himself a job so what do you reckon this hungry fella did for work when he uh, moved to Paris. Food taster. Worked in a restaurant. I mean, someone who's so... has so little discernment that they would eat... they would pull apart a live bird and oh. eat it. It would probably make quite a poor food critic, wouldn't it? Because they'd give everything. Was he a cock shredder? <laughs> cock shredder, for the uninitiated who don't remember that previous episode, is the practice of throwing day-old male baby chicks into a blender to... Um, provide chickens for the egg industry and because oh. male chickens could be called cocks that job is called cock shredding as we we decided on the show or going to heaven more than three days a week either one yeah that's right or it's a particularly successful yeah um, gay, gay cruising yeah exactly <laughs> just shredding that cock i've seen some people cock shredding here that- at mile end cemetery park apparently it's a very popular spot <laughs> So did he kill chickens like Mike Dean? No, he uh, became sort of like a the hungriest showman. So he set himself up as a one-man P.T. Barnum sort of thing, uh, doing s- street performances, just eating stuff for, for entertainment. So he would eat live animals for gathered crowds on the street, even just eat rocks. Just, look, I can Fuck eat rocks. Hell, vegans would be fuming if they walked past yeah. him just trying to eat a hamster. Peter would oh, be protesting low. this guy for sure wow. I mean, you can imagine being Covent Garden and just seeing crowd gather around someone doing a street performance and the dude's just swallowing rocks you'd be <laughs> like this has got to be a trick right he's not actually just eating the yeah. rocks there's that weird guy who could like uh, he went on like Britain's Got Talent and he could regurgitate anything he wanted and he could also oh, regurgitate yeah, I remember that, yeah. the thing so if you were like, and there was like oh, five yeah, pennies one. in there, you yeah. could pick something and you could go to take that exact thing. Ugh. And they've done science, and they've done experiments, stuff like it actually is taking it, it actually is swallowing it. How the, how the hell do you realise you've got that talent, you know? He, he said he started doing it when um, he wanted to hide his money, didn't he? And he didn't know where else to hide it, so he swallowed it one time, and then he tried to pick it back up, he realised he could do it. I mean, that shows in a, like a chronic lack of imagination the only place he could think of to hide his money was inside his digestive system oh, and, and not, not even the most obvious way I think he tried everywhere else mate can you, can you imagine as well someone being like yeah that's that's 276 no it's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep the change <laughs> keep the saliva as well <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, in Arrested Development the magician Job he's always uh, saying like you know, I've got some handcuff keys, you know, one key coming right up and he's always because he's always swallowing <laughs> oh, keys. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, great magician. <laughs> yeah. But this guy didn't wasn't bringing anything back up. No, nope, no, he was, no, like, he was just on enjoying yeah. the whole thing. I mean, what would you if you were watching a street performance, what would you pay to see somebody eat? What would be like impressive enough for you to give them, you know, quid or something? Would a rock do so, it for you? 
to be honest, mate, I always pay him. Um, I have to. I feel like I've got free entertainment otherwise. And uh, Would you find someone eating a rock to be free entertainment or would you call somebody? It also depends if, if, if how long I'd be there, right, fight. So if I'm just walking past, I'll start taking a slow stride. And if I really like what they're doing, I'll, if I stand there... Then yeah, I'll that's that's the normal way, yeah. yeah. You slow so, down, you have a quick appreciation of the act and you think this is worth stopping for or not. Yeah. I think if I saw someone just stood there with a collection of like cages of live animals and just chowing down through them, I would not stop. I, 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 I think that I would. If it like he's got he's got a big mouth, right? If it got to the point where I thought you can't have that in one bite, like mm, yeah. not a kitten, not a kitten, <laughs> but maybe but maybe a kitten, like Hamster. you know that kind of size thing, that size thing. <laughs> kitten sized. Yeah. Kitten-sized animal, and I was like, you know Big what? Rat. He could not do that in one bite, and he did it in one bite. I'll be like, that's fucking impressive. Like, that's really, really good. Like, that that deserves my tenner. I'll give him a tenner for that. Yeah. Um, if I saw him eating like, you know, bugs or something, but oh, you know, people eat people eat bugs everywhere. Do you know what I mean? That'd be useless. But yeah, I think I think if we if we went for like a, a fat hamster, like a really big one, mm. like or a big gerbil, or, or a well loved oh, hamster, like, as well fed and well loved hamster. Yeah, mate. What are they, what are the what are the uh, they're not chipmunks. What are they called? They start with a C, and everyone used to have them uh, as a, as a pet for a little while. They are a rodent. oh chinchilla. Chinchilla. Yeah. Th- that size. That's a pretty good size. Yeah. To, to that's have that's eaten. a stop and watch. Yeah, that's Shit, a that stop guy and, just eating chinchillas whole in one bite. In one bite. Surely you mean chimichangas. No, no, chinchillas. What chinchillas. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> My so, yeah, God. I definitely would go for that. Um, if he then had like a eat to the death with like a, a dog or a lion or something, that would also be impressive. I'd be like, wow, that would be amazing. That's real matter-eater shit, that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, high so sticks, I, Marvel comic stuff. I think, I, think, I think the bigger and the cuter the thing, the more I'm likely to give it to money. <laughs> Okay, good to know. Good to know. Now, this is definitely useful information that's going to come back later on in the story. I would also so, say at one point in time, um, I'm thinking about you know late 18th century kind of mindset here, but I'm not. I think I'd still do it today. <laughs> <laughs> Just love entertainment, man. <laughs> love entertainment. Of eating a chinchilla in one bite. So he, he did this for a while. Uh, his, uh, his sort of street performing shtick. Um, he had one mishap where he had a pretty bad gut obstruction from all of the you know bricks and whatever he'd been eating. Uh, had to go to hospital where they treated him with a very powerful laxative. And the legend has it this area of Paris is still off limits today. So he uh, decided um, after that to to change careers again. Um, what do you reckon now for a, a punt at what he's done? So he's gone from you know street urchin to street performer what do you reckon his next move on the career ladder is HR admin assistant (laughs) (laughs) to be fair it's almost as left field as that he decides to uh, partly because the money of his street performing act dried up when the French revolution began um, and then things got a bit sketchy to say the least on the streets of Paris so he decided to become a soldier for the French revolutionary army and fought in the War of the First Coalition with them, which was a series of little wars across Europe that several European powers fought in around the end of the 18th century. Um, That's amazing, because he's also got his own parachute, doesn't he? he just, yeah. He just pushed his skin out. First ever para. He <laughs> safe really, really easily. God, God you know, <laughs> I, I keep forgetting about the skin flap. <laughs> I think it's important I, to just I can't stop thinking about remember it, it continually because I'm so desensitised to the horrible details of this guy's story that every so often I'm like, fuck yeah, you had a skin so wrong. Jesus. I was looking up this war of the uh, First Coalition that, that Terari fought in with the French, really, really hoping that Hungary was one of the belligerents in it, but unfortunately they weren't involved in this battle, which was... Which would have been too perfect, wouldn't <laughs> that it? That would have been. He's been, fighting against Hungary because <laughs> his whole life brilliant. is a battle against hunger. But it was yeah. against, um, among others, Prussia and the Holy Roman Empire. So he's fighting with the French for that, but he was not very happy with his army rations. So Of course he wasn't. No, they weren't <laughs> enough. So, I mean, you know the whole armies, the, the whole army's food. Yeah, but effectively, yeah, guy, there's quite fair. a lot of food. 
So he started supplementing his diet. He should have eaten one of the Prussians. Yeah, he should have eaten one of the Prussians. That's that, yeah, done. that would have made him quite an effective sort of military man. But no, he, he a bit like polar bears picking on lost children, he decided to, you know, shoot down the the, the trophic food web. Um, and he supplemented his diet by uh, just eating rubbish and stray cats. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're on to stray cats now. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, see, I would have paid to see him eating a cat. I think I, I think it. he would have, you know. And he actually, ironically, his greatest street-performing feats he performed as a soldier. <laughs> he get, he just gets better from here, the stuff that he, that he does. And I think he probably <laughs> needs to come up with, a, at this point in the story, Odin has helpfully added a reminder for me to say that this is a, a gross, not-safe-for-life warning that if you haven't already been completely put off by that, this story of Terari does somehow manage to get a little bit worse in the next sort of section. So, yeah, he's been eating cats, our man, and that made him really ill, so he was sent to the military field hospital where they put him on quadruple rations and started doing experiments on him just to see how much he could eat, and these experiments were unbelievable. And I think it's worth picturing here that at the moment, this is in the middle of a war, so these doctors and nurses are just ignoring all of these limbless victims yeah. who just had like field amputations. They're just ignoring those crowded oh, around this bed, going leg. like, "Go on, give him that to eat. Give yeah. him a cannibal. Go on." <laughs> See if you need a pillow. See if you need a pillow. My pen. Get him. Give him my pen. Go on, eat the pen. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait. Well, the thing is, if the sewage system wasn't very good, open wide. Yeah. Just squat. <laughs> Got in front. So, here's I don't want to. Could we not try? We got to take buckets out. Do you mind if we just <laughs> took a dump in your mouth? Would that be all right? <laughs> yeah, go for it. I bet you could just. I bet it'll just slide down as well, straight down. It'll be. It'll be like a. It'll be a ghost shit, wouldn't it? You know one of those ghost shits. A ghost shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, Where is it? Where is it? Be straight into him. We wouldn't need to take a take a bite. It'll go straight down his gullet. I really feel like you've missed a calling to being an 18th century doctor because this is this is on the on the sort of ballpark of the sort of shit they try to do. The thing is, you thought this was going to be gross, and I'm fully like, I'm into it. Great. I'm in. This is the, brilliant. Great. This I, is where I'm, it starts to take a really dark turn. Oh, come on! I, I'm I'm all for this guy. I love this guy in like caps and bricks. Like I'm all for so, it. It's brilliant. So he um. The, what they did, one of the experiments they did, they laid out a banquet for 15 people, 15 labourers. So the amount of calories there must have been staggering. It must have been in the tens of thousands of calories in this banquet of food. 15 people's worth of food. He devoured the entire thing. <laughs> and then fell asleep quite content. Finally, probably for the first time in his entire life, full and of just food and not rocks and shit and bits oh of cat God, and stuff. There's so much food. <laughs> Then they were like, well, okay, fine, he can eat shitloads of food. What else can we do? Could he eat a live eel? The answer, of course. Yes, yes of course he could. Yeah. He crushed the skull in his mouth and then swallowed the whole of the rest thing whole. And Whether or not he could or not, it's the fact that he did not give a shit. He didn't give it anyway. No qualms. You know, he wasn't no. being, by the way, like, he was getting no special remuneration for this. He was on his regular army salary. He was just in hospital and they were like, go on, eat this. Yeah. I always, I always remember the worst I'm a celeb eating challenge, mm. and it was Freddie Star, and I think I would be the same as Freddie Star. And what I mean by that is, is there was no gagging, there was no giving a shit about the whole situation. They were like, "This is a cat." Oh, you've already, yo, you've already eaten it. Like it, you, you just like full on like, I'm just eating. I'm, I'm hungry. And that he would have been that, wouldn't he? On on uh, I'm a celeb because he'd just be like, this isn't entertaining. I want to see someone hate the stuff. Yeah, but you don't want to them, see someone though, like just like lick their lips, rubbing their hands together, yeah, and then yeah, chuck yeah. back a live eel. Yeah, exactly. It's about but, the suffering. But, for, but for me, I I would have been fully entertained with this. Like I I would have been just feeding him everything, anything and everything. Go on, eat, well, eat my AirPods. Eat my AirPods. <laughs> the next, <laughs> the next one. And bearing in mind that he was originally brought into hospital because he'd been eating stray cats, this is an unusual one for the doctors to do. They gave him a live cat and said, could you eat the cat? So, yeah, he, he apparently tore the cat's abdomen open with his teeth, drank oh. its blood, like, 
I don't know, like, <laughs> like he's just opened a juice ball or something. Then he sat and ate the entire cat, apart from its bones. So he's like pulling and ripping it apart. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. A recently deceased raw meat, like a cat, and then he vomited up the fur and skin, sort of like a fur ball, or like an owl pellet, maybe. Oh, Jesus Christ. So he coughed up a fur ball that is after quite, eating a cat. That is quite, that's quite bad. Pretty grim. That is pretty so, grim. Then I thought, this is pretty impressive what he can eat. But he's not the only person who's ever eaten stuff fast. So I looked up a couple of competitive eating facts I thought I could put into right. the story here to give us like a little refresher just to cleanse the palate after hearing that someone had eaten a dead cat and then vomited yeah. up its fur. Like, like, a, like, like a lemon sorbet. A little bit of lemon sorbet right sorbet, in the middle of the story. Yeah, exactly, so I've got yeah. a game for you where I'm going to give you some eating records and see if you can guess some of the answers. So um, what do you think is the most number of chicken nuggets ever eaten in three minutes? Three minutes? Three minutes of chicken nuggets. You make your D's little chicken nugs. Think about how many you might be able to eat and just increase the number very slightly because I think you've yeah, you've got a big appetite, you know. Yeah. I I'm going for eighty a minute, so I'm going for two forty. Eighty a minute? That's yeah. like more than you could how could you breathe? I've got yeah, that, that, I, I I think that's how much he's eaten. This guy's eaten. Eighty a minute. Terrari could probably eat eighty. But the registered Guinness World Record for the most number of chicken nuggets in three minutes is 37. Ah, oh, three minutes? Yeah. Three minutes isn't that long. If you bought a pack of 20 nuggets and ate them on your own, you'd be quite full, right? Right, we're, no, we're doing this challenge. Like, we're 100% doing this challenge. This Actually, is, this I'm is, really, this really... On, this is going really, on social media. I reckon I could get really close to that. Like, really close. So, a friend of mine, Chris, uh, made quite a bold claim about the number of Jaffa cakes he could eat. He said he could I, eat 100 I, in but, one go. We called his bluff, bought the guy 100 fucking chaffer cakes and it ruined his life. It's not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> I've eaten 20 nugs plus uh, a large meal and then Adam a flurry afterwards and I also had some like, cheese bites with it. I 100% could But well, you sat down and enjoyed that over 20, 30 minutes probably. Three minutes, 37 yeah. nuggets. I think, nah, uh, I, I, I eat fast. I I reckon, I reckon, I, you know, I think the chewing would be tough. I think I I do agree, but I reckon I could definitely get close to that that record. I once did the record for Jaffa cakes eaten in a minute, and I was like one off, the one off the top one. Obviously, the Guinness World Record guy wasn't there, but I think the mm. top one is like six, no, like nineteen or something or twenty, and I got like eighteen. So I I will hundred percent. Eat, do this challenge and I will allow you to record it and we're going to post it on social media and we'll see if I can beat the 37 nugs 3 minutes 37 nugs what's that 1 every every 5 seconds yeah. 6 which, seconds when you put it like that is insane I can't believe you think you nah, can do mate. this no I could just swallow one and the whole go <laughs> well I'm very excited so that's that's a promise for our our sort of off airtime when we've got a break between series is we are going to post on social Callum's attempt, successful or otherwise, at breaking the most chicken nuggets eaten in three minutes world record. <laughs> watch I'm watch me eat three. Watch me eat three and be like, I'm full. I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this. No, I, I, well, I'll get close to it. Yeah, I, let's I mean, get training now. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I reckon I can get close. 100%. So then... Another couple of ones. What about hamburgers? I'm thinking like the little single hamburger from McDonald's. How many of those do you reckon somebody could eat in three minutes? Ooh. Twelve? Exactly right. Twelve hamburgers yeah. in three minutes. Very, very well done. I, I, just, I just thought how long it would take me to eat. I reckon I could eat one every 15 seconds. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. I d but, I don't, nice. but I don't think I could fit in 12 hamburgers into my stomach. But I definitely could mm. fit 37 chicken nuggets. Yeah, you need to do a bit of training for this. You need to get one of no, those little skinny flaps. I could do it tomorrow. Flaps. I could go do it tomorrow. <laughs> you seen me eat. I can eat That's true, yeah. so much food. Okay, next guest then in the game, um, in our lemon sorbet interlude. What do you reckon is the fastest anyone has eaten a 12 inch pizza? Oof. 
It's normally in about 10 slices, isn't it? A 12-inch pizza, could... maybe you could do it in six. I think that'd be quite sort of reasonable slice size. Yeah. And I reckon you could eat each slice about 15 seconds as well. So 15 seconds times 10. I'm, going to, I'm still going for 10. It must be two and a half minutes. Three minutes? Four minutes? Incredibly. It's 32.28 seconds for Jesus a 12-inch pizza. Christ. He yeah. must have just folded it. That's what he did. He fold, I bet he yeah. folded it. And just, Calzoned it. Yeah. Rolled just, it like a cigar and just pushed it down. Oh, put it up like a, it. Yeah, like a 12-inch cock and just <laughs> went for it. Went to town. Chicago town. <laughs> 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 Pretty fucking grim, that one, though. Yeah. Um, the next one. Hot dogs, so the hot dog eating contest. If you've ever seen videos of this, it's well, truly ba- disgusting Beethoven. to watch. We spoke about the Beethoven a few weeks ago, and uh, yeah. they, they, I think they have a hot dog eating contest in there. I think they? it's, yeah, we, I think, we did recently talk about this. Yeah, they just dip them in water, the bun and everything in water, and then just shove yeah. it into their mouth without chewing it. Yeah. So the world record for hot, most hot dogs eaten was done in a 10 minute time period by a guy okay, called right Joey Jaws Chestnut. But how many hot dogs did he eat in 10 minutes? So if we do like what an average of seven per minute, eight per minute, so 80, 80, 10 minutes, very very close, seventy two, yeah, seventy two, incredible. Yeah, He'd beaten the world record by a couple there, but that seems to be the fastest a human can eat hot dogs or whatever want to, uh, and probably faster than <laughs> they should. Seventy two yeah. hot dogs in ten minutes, pretty. Yeah, that would be a lot of food taken in one go. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you're seventy, but. But the 37 nuggets is definitely right on the... It's, that's, that's, that, so achievable. That's achievable. That is achievable. The rest of it, I, I don't agree with. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is, that's a way too much. So uh, maybe this might be a record that I could attempt because I don't think I could uh, attempt a 37 nug challenge. But what do you reckon the world record is for eating three cream crackers? Fastest eating of cream. three cream crackers. You know, the Jacob's cream crackers. You get in the orange This... Pack. This is very, very hard. Yeah, right. This is surprisingly hard. Your mouth is we, completely dry. We, we, we did this. I did this challenge with someone, um, and it was like a whole thing. And I think, I think the the quickest is like forty nine seconds or a minute or something. It's around about there, isn't it? It's, it's, it's definitely it's, quite slow. It is. It's 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 you're very close. It's thirty four point seven eight seconds. So very yeah, close to forty it. seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's surprisingly difficult, and a lot of people tried to beat it, uh, and have just ended up with their mouth a dry, dry, crunchy yeah. mess. So yeah. maybe I could try the three cream crack challenge while you did yeah. your thirty-seven nuggets challenge. We post our results and our new world yeah. records on social yeah, hopefully. media. Hopefully, hopefully. So, I think now that everyone's had their palate cleansed by thinking about disgustingly gorging down edible products too fast. We can go back to the story of Terrari and his... 37 nuggets, though. I'm just I'm just so surprised. I, I really think I can do it. I'm really looking forward to you I'm being really like 20 nuggets in and being like, fuck this. I hit my life. No, no, it's going to be... I could, definitely, I could definitely gorge on 30... I could definitely do two boxes. 100%. It's two boxes. I don't, I'm going to I'm going to start doing some experimentation with nuggets on myself to see what happens. Okay. I quite like chicken nuggets as well. Just to recap... He's street performer, turned soldier. He's been experimented on in the hospital. They're giving him all sorts of mad shit to eat. But chicken nuggets. And he has to yeah, eat exactly. Three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, he's then approached at the hospital by a general in the army who says that he has an idea of how to utilise Tarari's unique eating skills and offered him a specific, special job opportunity within the army. What do you think this this job might have been? Was it like eating landmines and uh, <laughs> making and detonating sure them inside his <laughs> just like a iron <laughs> stomach? Yeah, exactly. It it was it's a pretty good idea. The idea was that he could be a spy, delivering military secrets within his stomach. So they did a test. He ate a wooden box containing a note, and sure enough, a couple of days later, boom, the box appeared with the note still intact and readable. So. He was then sent out on a mission to go and give a, he ate another box with some instructions in for an imprisoned French colonel in behind enemy lines. He was given a reward 
for uh, for doing the special job. What do you reckon he was given? Something to incentivize a man who's insatiably hungry. Something you know that would get him get him to do this job, this extra work. Lifetime supply of food. Yeah, you'd think something like that, like shitloads of really nice food. Some oh, sort they didn't of... give him a treadmill or something, like the complete opposite thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they sort of just went down the middle of like lots of, but not actually food, because the guy's so undiscerning, he'll eat literally anything. They gave him a wheelbarrow full of 14 kilos of raw bull's lungs and livers. Right. They could have yeah. given him food. That was an option. <laughs> it's the it army. Like... They've got it's food. Not... This they sounds have like food. more hard work. This sounds yeah, like more hard work. They probably went to, to a load of bother to get hold of like loads of bull's lungs. <laughs> Insane. So he, off he goes on his mission, uh, across the Prussian lines, with his box in his stomach. But within 30 hours he was captured. Uh, he was tortured and eventually gave up the information that he had a box of military secrets now working their way through his lower intestine. So the Prussians chained him to a latrine and waited for the delivery to come out. Uh, he did. I mean, he's not obviously done a great job here as a spy, and it makes sense because he's a pretty conspicuous-looking dude, as we talked about at the top of this. Like he's got yeah. his crazy wide mouth. He stinks as shit, and he couldn't <laughs> speak any German at all. So sending him into Prussia with like you know yeah. his skin so wrong, wrapped around and stuff. Yeah, he's not exactly James Bond. You know, he's more like. James Gastric Band, really. <laughs> so it's not, not the like really the opposite of a Gastric spy. Band, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's literally the opposite of a Gastric Band. <laughs> yeah, it's it didn't go well from. Um, they then the Prussians decided they'd got the box out. Turned out the secrets that he was going to take to this imprisoned French colonel weren't that important. So they decided to take pity on him to some extent and mock executed him. Which apparently is a real thing, where they, they pretend to kill. Someone. Yeah, so they think that they can like. So in the example uh, with Terrari was uh, he's marched onto the gallows blindfolded, and they're about to pull the My thing, God. and they say, I know, "No, I know not really. Name. You're free to go." I know you know thing. Stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong. Oh, that's really good. That's like his that. name, isn't it? That's Stretch Armstrong. Okay, so we call him Stretch for now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Stretch was mock executed um, and I looked this up as well the uh, mock execution thing this happened to Dostoevsky the famous Russian author he right. was um, kind of famously sent up to um, Siberia uh, to his punishment was hard labour for high treason but before he was sent there he was actually sentenced to execution and they went to the trouble of doing a mock execution with him but the information um, was then told to him and the other co-conspirators who was, would be executed with when they were in front of the firing squad that actually their sentence had been commuted to hard labour instead oh, pretty no. fucking it, yeah. rough thing to do that uh, apparently is, that the, is the worst that's, that the that's the worst of two evils isn't it yeah, like, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd rather psychological just torture. Just, just, just take off my head I don't want me in a gulag or anything the Americans did that uh, to uh civilian prisoners at Abu Ghraib prison as well other interesting fact mock executions wow. USA USA war on terror I, to be fair it's not as bad as a mock exam is it oh really? yeah oh yeah, they were horrendous true. awful not yeah. real oh brilliant so why am I bothering it's the mockery know... that came with a mock exam as well you'd walk in yeah. there to be like you funny looking idiot you know yeah okay, the worst part is wrong I I <laughs> I did really well in my mock exams, which made me not think. I was like, "Oh, good, I'm fine. Don't need to complacency." Do yeah. Yeah. And now yeah, I absolutely absolutely <laughs> fucked mine. So it did now scare me straight. Now they're talking to you, being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, Ma. I'm a success now. I got my own podcast. <laughs> With five listeners. We've got five oh. listeners and three of them are here right now. <laughs> After his mock execution, the Prussians dumped Stretch uh, close to the French lines where he was found and returned to the military hospital that he'd previously been at. Back now in the hospital, they um, they tried a few things. To, he was quite desperate now to be cured, as it were, of his insatiable hunger. They tried all sorts of shit. They tried giving him laudanum, which is like opium mixed with sugar, tobacco mm. pills, because smoking makes his skinny right so they're like let's just give him like raw tobacco pills 
Yeah. For some bizarre reason, they tried giving him shitloads of soft-boiled eggs, but <laughs> unsurprisingly, that they realised they could fit loads in his mouth. Yeah, and like, he was you've seen it. the guy eat a brick. <laughs> I don't think giving him boiled eggs is going to suddenly go. Yep. Now I'm full. <laughs> now I'm full. All this stuff didn't work, so he carried on supplementing his meals, his quadruple rations that he was on in the hospital, with uh, some truly shudderingly awful things. So, have you ever heard of bloodletting before as a medical yes. practice? So they release blood from people who they think are yeah. or exsanguinate them, people who've got like high blood pressure and things. It's but it's you quite know, used, uncommon used now, but used to be for anything. Yeah, and yeah. People it's... used to. That's why the um, the barbershop signs are white, blue, and red because people yeah. used to go along to the barbershops and for blood they used to bloodlet and they used to have red. And then whilst they were there, because they were supposed to be doctors, um, that's where the white comes in with the white jacket. And whilst they were there, they might as well just cut the air. Yeah, and then they cut the air. And then, then they're like, bloodletting, let's stop doing that, but let's carry on cutting people's hair. And that's why the barber sign is white. Yeah, I'm really glad they red. kept it that way around and not the like, let's stop cutting the hair and carry on bloodletting. <laughs> mate, Dark. I think, you, mate, you definitely have had more bloodlettings and haircuts in the past six months. Look at your, how yes, long your hair is. I, I actually have. I've given blood in lockdown <laughs> three times. Exactly. Three or four times. And I've had my hair cut zero times. Yeah. Shit. I'm doing the reverse barber system. And actually, the place where I go to donate blood is the Barber <laughs> Surgeon's Hall in <laughs> London. So it's it's all of that shit. Yeah. Amazing. But it's funny how you leave. Anyone would go along with anything, wouldn't they? It's like, oh, I've got yeah. a bit of hay fever. Let your blood out. Get blood out. Got yeah. a headache. Let your blood out. Get some of that my, blood out, sir. My, too, too, much, too much blood's coming out of my period. Let your blood out. Was, I'm, uh, I'm fainting and I've got low blood pressure. Get some of that blood out. <laughs> it's obviously the wrong kind of blood. <laughs> Well, what Harari was doing, Tarari, sorry, Harari's the um, gorilla that was shot in the zoo. Tarari was doing sort of stretch, stretch, stretch sarong, stretch on sarong. <laughs> he was uh, going into the the hospital rooms where people have had uh, bloodletting and just drinking the blood that was being collected. So he's just chugging wow. fresh human blood. And then, like you, got a taste for human flesh and would nip down to the morgue and started nibbling on some of the bodies. Jesus. Especially for you, that one. I haven't... Ha, I, just an FYI, I've never eaten human. Just an FYI. I don't have a thirst for humans. I'm, like, if one day, if someone allowed me to eat their, like, you know, butt or something, I think the butt would be quite a nice bit to eat. Then just for clarification, it. you're not talking about eating someone's ass in a sexual way. You're talking about eating the muscle, someone, someone's ass muscle cooked up in a somewhere okay i'm just saying all i'm saying is there's no moral reason why we shouldn't do it if someone allowed you to do it but let's let's not move on because i still i think still think it should be policy it is policy it's legal to be a cannibal it actually is legal so actually the, the policy makers agree with me right that you are allowed to eat other humans you are so come at me <laughs> come at me DM me. Literally, with, with, with your leg, though. Only with your leg yeah. or your arm or something. Don't come at me not having a limb ready with for me to eat. Some rump. <laughs> Needs to be ready. So, um, so he's already, he's, he's kind of, he's disgraced himself a bit in the hospital, but then he did something that crossed the line. So he's, you know, he, they tolerated, humans. they tolerated him nibbling on bodies in the morgue to some extent. They tolerated him sneaking into rooms and drinking blood, but he did something that was... It meant that his time in the hospitals came to an end. He was he was run out of town. What do you think he might have done that was possibly worse than any of those things? Did he have like gay sex or something? It was I'm just thinking about. It was a different time. time. I'm, just th yeah. I'm not thinking about now, guys. Yeah, do yeah. don't, I think I think uh, we all not... know your character enough to know that you don't think that homosexuality is wrong. But that that is a decent guess. It's I probably, think, it could I have think... been something really like. That's by today's standards totally normal, but they were just being 18th century dickheads. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I can give you a clue actually. Um, yeah. Do you remember the Austin Powers character, Fat Bastard? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember one of his catchphrases? Um, I remember I want the my bit. baby back, baby back, baby back, lads. I oh, eat a baby. He ate a fucking baby. A live baby. That's the usually how they are in hospitals. Yep. Oh my! The baby God. went missing at the hospital. He was immediately and quite sensibly suspected because he was going around chowing down on everything, including human blood and dead bodies. And 
he had a doctor friend at the hospital who refused to sort of defend him on this because didn't you know believe that he could have done it as well and uh to uh, stretch didn't didn't outright deny it they <laughs> chased him out of the hospital and he, 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 he answered them did you eat a baby look i don't think that eating babies would necessarily be a way to go about things Although, if I did eat a baby, then there probably would be a setting where I could possibly have eaten a baby. So did you eat the baby? The baby's gone missing, and at the end of the day, we have no real understanding of where actually this baby went. However, in this setting, babies can go missing for multiple different reasons. Did you eat the baby? Yes, all right, I ate the fucking baby. (laughs) I mean, what a fucking... What a mess. And... This now brings us to the end of his story. So he didn't live a very long life, as you can well imagine. His diet was absolute dog shit. Um, he Almost died. Literally. Almost. Literally. Yeah, yeah, Lovely. really. Uh, he lived to the age of twenty-seven. Um, and my all this God, happened before he was twenty-seven. He... Yep, he lived wow. quite a life in those twenty-seven years. Um, but he eventually turned up in a hospital. Uh, uh, claiming to be suffering uh, from eating a gold fork which he believed was still lodged in his body somewhere although it turned out that he had tuberculosis and he died from that shortly after being diagnosed with it um, his body started to decompose quite quickly and a few people refused to touch him but some scientists including his old friend from the previous hospital came and wanted to autopsy him to find out what the hell was going on. Like, why was he so yeah. hungry all the time? Because he is genuinely starving hungry all the time. Uh, so they did an autopsy and they found out that he, his entire body was putrefied and filled with pus in a really awful, really bad way. He had ulcers in his stomach and everything. His, his body was a mess. But the proportions inside him were completely mad. So his stomach started just at his, at his throat. So when they opened his mouth and looked, they could actually see all the way down and into his stomach. Jesus. They didn't have an esophagus and the normal sort of mouth openings that we have. So his stomach started and went all the way down to where ours normally is. So he had this huge, long, distended stomach. His um, lung and heart were displaced by this huge digestive system that he had. Wow. And in this um, autopsy, they never found this golden fork that he was complaining of making him sick. So... One of two things happened. Either he made up the story about swallowing a gold fork, which, you know, potentially, I guess, he's a baby eater, so why would you take his word for it? Or, more likely and just as disturbing, he ate a gold fork, shit it out, didn't even notice. Uh, well, guys, that, that's that's it for, for this this series. We will still be on all the social media channels. We will be there for you guys. Um, the... Uh, chicken nugget challenge will be coming up I, I still believe I can do something there, I can do some damage uh, to this uh, 37 nug challenge and um, if, if I'm not there, I'm there and thereabouts I think and so we'll, we'll do that, we'll get some videos up, we'll also still be posting our daily dose of good news uh, for you guys so that will still be all available on the old Instagram but until then I can't even say what I normally say. I'll see you later, guys, and uh, we'll see you in the near future.